Welcome everybody to Bitten by Radioactive Podcast, where we give powers to a name. We're kicking it off live and kicking. It's not live, and we're sat down very gently, prepared to make a finely crafted hero from whatever junk we can scrounge out of the depths of the internet. Isn't that right? Oh, my name's Demon Knight, by the way. I, I keep forgetting to say my own damn name because I'm so selfless like that. I never forget to say Jade Sarson's name. Jade Sarson, how are you doing? I'm okay. I, I like having an easy-to-remember name. I think yours is an easy-to-remember name as well, though, considering it's so unique. Muck Knight. I mean, it's pretty sweet. I'm one of those round-table round table lads. But, like, even the, the entomology of the ho- whole name, like Dean, the head of a university, Muck, son of, Knight, a friggin' knight, it all wor- it, it works out. What about Josh Randall's name? Do you like your name, Josh Randall? Josh Randall's a pretty good name. I'm okay with it. I don't think it means anything. I mean, yeah. like, Randall is Scottish, I think? <sighs> your, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. I think the Joshua bit has something to do with some kind of prophet. Uh, oh, yeah, because that's, that's like a Christian thing, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I can I can dig that. Well, we're not going to dig too much into our own names for superheroes because <sighs> that's very, like, big-headed of us. We are just us, and we just like comics, and we like superheroes. And I want to know if you guys have been reading any cool comics this week. Have you been reading any cool comics? Jade Sarson. Well, I went first last time, so I think Josh should go first this time. Have you been reading any cool comics? Josh Randall. (laughs) Yes, I have. Um, This week, I have been reading Jeff Lemire's Roughneck. Oh, which is a book. It is about um, a disgraced uh, hockey player in his um, town. It's all about confronting your past. Okay. And it does an interesting thing because all of the present day bits and pieces are done in black and white watercolour. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in terms of like the colouring. But whenever there's something mm-hmm. that comes in from the past, it's got colour to it. Oh, that's kind of interesting. So it kind of works with flashbacks. There are some hallucination-y kind of bits where they'll just kind of see, well, obviously a hallucination, and that's in mm-hmm. colour. And it works down even to, like, little bits where the main character, his sister, comes into town and then is shortly followed by her abusive ex-boyfriend. And in order to show that, like, that's from the past, the ex-boyfriend's shirt, the uh, the plaid on that has kind of got colour to it. It's usually the other way around. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was quite interesting. But it works well because... A lot of the present day things are like set in a cabin out in the snow because obviously it's all like Canadian and that kind of. So a lot of it is white anyway, and it suits it really yeah. well because these it's got coldness to it, which also suits the present day themes because it is quite clear that things aren't going well for the main character. Dude, Josh, you've got a real eye for color in your comics. I do, and and it's funny because I'm color blind. <laughs> Wait, maybe... you're actually color blind, or yeah, I'm actually color blind. Whoa. Um, You're just overcompensating then. I can see colour, but uh, I can't tell what they are sometimes. So if you got one of those like douchebag, green, red, spotty images, you're, you're dumbfounded. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think wow. there's, a, there's a film studio. I can't remember which one it is, but they basically have their logo made up of little dots or various different oh, colours. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't actually see that, movie's lo- that studio's logo. <laughs> it's literally just like a big old frame of just coloured dots. All that oh branding gone to waste. <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe maybe that's why I bring up colour quite a bit. Because when I do see the vibrant good stuff, then I'm like, yeah, mm, 
appreciated. Mm. It, that's great. It sounds like a, a real good use of color as well as like a um, like a tool, mm. like a narrative tool. And it's a really mm. well-utilized tool in this. It's such mm. quite, I wouldn't say tragic story, but it definitely has its um, quite depressing, sad moments. <laughs> I mean, it's Jeff, Jeff Lemire, so it's going to have an edge <laughs> to it. But I think, and that obviously kind of plays into the fact that the past, some of it, they kind of look back that some of it was quite good, despite the fact mm. that a lot of it was probably actually worse than their present day stuff. Of course, classic nostalgia, various tinted lenses. Yeah, but these are full colour tinted lenses. Tinted lenses. Mm. <laughs> well, almost like oh. the lenses aren't tinted at all. Beautiful. Hidden meaning. Whoa. It's deep. It's deep, yes. folks. It, it's um, so deep. So yeah, that's Roughneck. Dean, what have you been reading this week? Oh, oh dang. Th- throw you straight in there. <laughs> yeah, you have. Well, for a start, I've actually read a superhero comic for the first time in like 15, <laughs> 15 episodes. Whoa. I know, right? Cra- it's Breaking new ground. Crazy. Well, it's not terribly new. It's a, it's a few years old now, but I've been reading Young Avengers. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. This is the Kieran Gillen, Jamie McKelvey, and Matthew Wilson version, of course, writer, artist, and colorist, respectively. Mm-mm-mm. And I remember picking this up a few years ago. Um, I was quite tired when I first read it, so I sort of hazily flicked through and I was like, oh, yeah, this is a real good. But I've revisited it with a fresh set of eyes, with a fresh mind, and it is real good. Just to give you a quick lowdown of the plot, it's about uh, teenage superheroes, of course. They young, man. And they are saving the world from, of course, it's a teenager comic, so they're saving the world from their parents who have been taken over by an extra-dimensional parasite. In classic Kieran Gooden style, there's metaverse talk and alternate universes, some real high sci-fi stuff. Um, but it, I like these teenager comics. It's just kind of my gem when you have these young people who have some some agency and some real energy to their personality who actually have a lot of empathy and a lot of just sticking it to the man you know is that that feeling of youth which is really uh, well captured here in the characters you have very nicely done uh, gay romance there uh, between Wiccan and uh, like young Hulk kid Hulk Hulkling I, I believe Hulkling, Hulkling. Yeah. that's the one and you've got uh, my favourite character America Chavez oh, who's kid, kid Loki's my favourite who's also gay in fact aren't they all queer apart from one I think, yeah, I think there's the... It's the, it's, um, the t- it's the token straight person, isn't it? Who is actually in denial, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but they're also well fleshed out, and I, I kind of love them all. And of course, being teenagers, they can say some pretty dumb things. Um, some people might consider it a little bit grating, but I never really get those um, those criticisms when they come up, because I'm just I just see it as teens being teens, and sometimes teens say pretty awful things. I said awful things as a teen. I'm pretty sure everyone here said pretty dumb things. Oh, yeah. I, I still say dumb things. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, luckless now on this podcast. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what makes this kind of special to me. So, yeah, it's, it's a favor of mine. You should definitely check it out. And also, Matt Wilson, his colors are oh, really, yeah. really good. Um, he, he also does the colors for a series called Paper Girls. And those, yes. are, div- those yes. are divine. So just I'm going I'm to slink back away into my colored cave. <laughs> oh, and before I um, forget, disrespectfully, uh, Jamie McKelvey's art is just superb, solid throughout, and he comes up with some real nice um, page layouts that perfectly demonstrate the power of comics. Zing. Done. 
Mm-hmm. Jade, yes. time to knock it out of the park. Okay. I have been reading something that's not in colour at all. Oh. oh. What, what, what can I say about this now? You can't say anything, but it's okay, because I'm here to tell you all about it. I've been reading uh, a manga called Emma. Uh, the full title is Victorian Romance Emma, um, but most people just refer to it as Emma. Mm, I know this one. It's a manga by Kaoru Mori, and she's one of my f- absolute favorite manga artists. She's just mm. a genius. This was her first series, um, like her first serialized uh, manga in a magazine. So there's a lot of kind of um, obvious moments where it's kind of rough in places. Um, It's still kind of finding its footing. So if you're wanting to get into Kaoru Mori's work, I'd suggest picking up Bride Story first, because that's her more recent series. Oh, okay. I'm on the same page now. Mm. So... The story is uh, a wealthy son of an English merchant visits his elderly governess, um, so that means the woman who raised him, basically, and he becomes enamoured with her maid, who's a quiet and striking, bespectacled woman named Emma, so she's the main character. Mm. Uh, And the story and art just kind of oozes this obsession with Victorian England, like if the title didn't make it obvious. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but there's like so many mangaka out there who like made outfits and Lolita because that has kind of hints of that era, but she really loves it. Like everything's accurately detailed. It's, I'd say it's no less accurate than like a BBC period drama and it's like super immersive. Yeah. And Karo Mori is one for details. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, so this series, um, the great thing about it is... Not necessarily the art, which it is gorgeous, but the story is really what got me with this one. What's great is that the characters develop from like typical period drama cliches into really complex emotional beings that are tied together in ways only Victorian etiquette can tie people together, you know? Oh, beautiful. Mm. So the wealthy guy, William, starts out like really brash. He throws kind of strops at the mere hint of competition for Emma's affection. And then Emma starts out really meek and considerate and... I guess possibly boring to some people. But as the series goes on, they age, they face struggles. Um, The most prominent one being like the class divide, obviously. And William's dad has this kind of little speech that really kind of struck me, which uh, I'll read a quote for you. Great Britain is one, yet it is composed of two countries. One belongs to the gentry and the upper class and those to the others who are not. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's, you know, all those typical things that you find in period dramas, but she executes it in this really interesting way. Um, it's not like an outrageous romance that flashily kind of poo-poos the class system like, you know, typical period dramas where it's, everything's like really angsty and stuff. It's just a really slow burn in which William and Emma snatch these just tiny moments to themselves and otherwise they actually fight their own battles separately in high society. Mm. William comes to face his responsibilities and become more considerate. Emma becomes stronger, learning to accept where she's come from because she has kind of like a dark past. And their longing for each other is just the best thing about this comic. <laughs> like, it actually makes your heart ache. The longer they are apart, the more palpable it becomes. And you're just like, just just give them a moment to themselves, RJ, please. RJ, you just got romanced. Uh, yeah, yeah, seriously. It, it, it hurts my heart, but it, it's so good. Uh-huh. Well, there you go. Three quality suggestions from three quality people uh one mango one marvel mainstay and one crazy colorful jeff lemire comic speaking of uh suggestions i have one for you 
our dear listeners, if you want to be a part of this podcast and if you want to make BBRP history by being the basis for one of our heroes, you can leave us uh, an iTunes review. Uh, By doing so, we will take the name that you leave on that iTunes review and use it to make one of our superheroes. You want to be a superhero? Of course you want to be a superhero. Come on. Who doesn't? You can inspire us because we we are just so infinitely inspired by you and your support. I can tell you who does want to be a hero this week. Who? A lovely reviewer by the name of Fuzzy Pink Bumblebee. Oh my goodness, Fuzzy Pink Bumblebee. Thank you so much for your review. Thank you for contributing to this podcast. And everyone else out there, you can be just like them. You too can be a hero. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had the job of finding the random name generator this week. It's Dean's Day Off Take Two. Yep. And uh, you didn't tell me how hard it would be to find <laughs> a good name generator. Hey, man. Did, like, Did you have to use a generator to find a name generator? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> God, it, it, it was tough. Like, I thought... It would be easy breezy. I, I tried a couple of different variations on the things that I wanted to go for, and they just came out with really crap results. So it's it's an art, man. It's a finely balanced art. It really is an art. So I thought, well, if it's an art, I'm gonna go back to basics. So I have a question for you. Oh yes. Young young artists. I'd I'd say tendency towards actually no, you know what? I was gonna say tendency towards males, but you know what? Both genders do this. Um mm-hmm. GCSE, maybe A-level art, you've got, oh, you've no. got your typical art projects. Now, oh, no. what, what, what kind of subjects do people go for? I'll give you a hint. Uh, one example would be The Seven Deadly Sins. But what, what <sighs> other things do people do for their art projects? Oh, ooh, I know I did a great piece about war and peace. Um, I was such a fucking dweeb. I did like a peace symbol, but made out of like bullets and grenades and guns and shit. It was <laughs> oh, my literally God. the... It was the worst thing I've ever made with my two hands. Oof. I did a lot about Egypt, I think. A lot about Egypt, H.R. Geiger, and Muse album covers. <laughs> if you want, if you, want like, if you want like a little see-through into uh, my teenage formative years, there you go. <laughs> Jesus. Those are pretty sweet, but I can tell you the worst one out there, and I'm really sorry if you've done this, but please stop doing this. Disney princess adaptations. Oh, <laughs> sugar and spice. What so, have you got for us, Jade? I have your unique Disney princess name generator. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Jade was hinting at me the, this whole week like, hey, this is going to be a great SEO name. This is going to be great for our searches. <laughs> and you were not kidding. I am I'm not 100% kidding. in. So um, would you like me to find out your names first? Yeah. I... I volunteer. I volunteer. You volunteer as tribute to the Disney princess name generator. Crown me. All right. Dean McKnight, your unique Disney princess name is... It's calculating. I mean, it's casting the magic. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo? Boo. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly. You got got a little bit of a boring one. Your name is Princess Belle Dreamlove. How's Belle Dreamlove boring? I guess Dreamlove's interesting. It has both dream and love in it. Like, oh my god, I'm I'm just gonna the two best ultimate elements of a Disney princess. I feel like we're gonna have slam to, out like, Josh's. Write this one down. Hold hold on, because I want to do a similar thing that we did with um, Holly Deadline and kind of keep these for potential side characters. Yes. Okay, all right. So, so Bell Dream case, Love. You never know when they might come up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna search yours now, Josh. Yes, yes, yes. Go me. 
I mean, bibbity bobbity. A boo. Mm-hmm. A boo. Where's? Give me that boo. G- give me that boo. Boo. Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, your sisters, Anastasia, oh. Dream Love. Oh. oh my God, Josh, we're sisters. We're sister princesses. I've always had dreams of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally happened. All right. So, I don't care what my princess name is. Let's find out what Fuzzy Pink Bubblebee's name is. Shall I mean, we? that already sounds like a princess, but let's let's if we just ramp add it up. Princess prefix onto that. It'd sound just fine. Is that yeah? Do you know that's mm. that, that sounds perfectly viable. <laughs> princess Fuzzy Pink Bumblebee. Yep. Well, uh, we have to find out their true name. Ah. Tell us, please, please. I will. I will. Bibbity. Bobbity. No, no. What other spells are there? That's it, isn't it? Uh, um. Paluga Saruga, come <laughs> winds of the Caspian Sea. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that worked. Okay, it actually worked, yeah. I I cast the magic. So, Fuzzy Pink Bumblebee, your Disney princess name is Princess Serena Windwalker. Ho, 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 Windwalker. Serena Windwalker. Could this be our first flying hero? Ooh. It's about time, really. I mean, we've had a falling hero, but we've not had an actual (laughs) flying hero yet. (laughs) But Serenity Windwalker. Jade, Serena. Serena. You can take- Serena. Serena, sorry. This is this is Dean like translating the way Sailor Moon was translated. F- Fuzzy Pink Bumblebee, I do apologize. So Serena. Serena Windwalker. Jade, you got first shots. Me? What? No, I got the prompts. Your go now. Oh, I I gotta take the first shots. Yeah. Serena Windwalker. Like Well Windwalk- actually their full name is Princess. You have to refer to a royal dignitary with their full title. Your Highness. For the first time, then it's mom, isn't it? I guess so. I've I've learned actually um, from researching D and D that the queen or king is your Majesty, but the prince or princess is your Highness. So distinction. We're gonna make that distinction. Mm. I, I will not stand for incorrect honorifics here. All right, we are sorry, Your Highness. Oh, it's not me who you gotta apologize. It's no, I'm apologizing to her, her or his Highness. Or their highness, their highness, their Princess highness. Serena Windwalker. Serena Windwalker is a traveling princess. You can't have Walker in the title without some sort of connection to nature, I don't think. Some sort of, maybe even like a nomadic princess. Someone who uh, is traveling the length and breadth of the land. Maybe to discover something or to move along with their people. Hmm. There's quite a lot to... Potentially, I think I might have something we can kind of work with here. Go on. Hit us up. What if Windwalker isn't her original last name? Yes. What if... Is it a name she earned? Yes. Maybe it's because originally her name was Princess Serena Dreamlove. (laughs) Ho ho! You see where I'm going with this? Yes, I see where you're going. Go. And then due to some kind of... Let's just call it an issue for now because we're still quite early on into the episode and the creative process. Um, yes, that caused her to have to leave her um, kingdom, fiefdom, uh, yeah, tax haven, and adopt the name Windwalker. Oh, so this issue could be like a mm. hundred different things. She could be disgraced. She could earn the title through like martial skill or through. Okay, I think I got it. Okay, Josh, you- go. Sorry, I, I didn't gasp, so I, I, I'm not sure if... Do you want me to do with the first? <laughs> <gasps> um, 
Okay, this is taking in the dream love aspect. What if, um, for generations, this kingdom has been totally peaceful? There mm-hmm. have been... Crime isn't really a thing. Um, no, of course not. And this comes down to the last name, Dream Love. What if the royal family have been keeping their subjects subdued using their dreams? Oh, oh dang. Oh, dang. Dark. Holy moly, Josh. So, where we're going to go from here, because I'm still not finished yet, uh, is that um, one day Serena realises this and decides <laughs> that she doesn't want her subjects to be sheeple. She wants them to make their own decisions in life and, you know, be... You know, there's a whole, like, freedom to do what they want despite what may happen from it. Naturally. So this is kind of, like, the opposite of what would happen with most superhero stories. But we're kind of doing the aftermath and going to solve the aftermath. Yeah, maybe. Right. There's a, a descent going on, right? Well, so I, she... I wasn't even thinking this. Sorry, just... Sorry to interrupt, but... Because I was thinking maybe what her super um, power is is the ability to go into people's dreams and kind of defeat these kind of dreams and then kind of free them from themselves. So it's a power that her whole family has. Yes. But of course, the two sisters are using it for evil to keep people subdued and to keep those rebellious thoughts out of the head. But fucking Windwalker is trying to break them three. Yes, He's trying to shatter their bonds. Oh, who knew that you'd be so inspired by a Disney princess <laughs> named Generator? Mm. Mm. You went it's, off. Yeah. And we can kind of use the Windwalker thing as though, because you know, like, you know, Mr. Sandman, who mm. brings us a dream, he kind of, I've always imagined him as kind of like floating, kind of like Windwalking over like dream dust or whatever the official technical term for it is. <laughs> Just kind of tiptoeing in the air, you know, very gently and very daintily. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this. Um, Serena Windwalker could be this kingdom's first superhero. Hmm. Yes, because they are a superhero. We can't lose sight of that. Yes. Well, maybe, oh, maybe that's how it begins. She sees injustice in the kingdom. Have we decided on like a, a, a region for this kingdom? Not region, sorry. Like a time period? Because it'd be very easy to go to typical medieval can we just go high fantasy, but not yeah, medieval? I was, I, like... I was thinking going high fantasy something. Agreed. Let's go high fantasy. First high fantasy hero, first flying question mark hero. I'm thinking like Tangled sort of setting. Mm. Yeah. You know, so like it's... a really prosperous country, but unlike Tangled, the family are corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all corrupt and there's It's secret. a family of Gothels. <laughs> it's very, very dark and ooh, not very nice underneath. Imagine that kind of kingdom. But there is crime happening. There's just little bits and pieces, small scale, like a few steps up from bag snatching. But it's happening. Because some people don't dream. They don't. Some people don't sleep. And so the royal royal family can't control them. Woke. They're woke. (laughs) Fuck. Um, Serena, she sees the crime. But her family's like, no, 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 just leave, leave that to the guards. Leave that to the, the garrison. They'll take care of this. Of course, dude, the garrison ain't going to take care of that. Like, the garrison are they're under the king's control, and they're taking, uh, they're busy elsewhere doing his evil bidding. So Serena takes it upon herself to actually do some good in the kingdom by fighting these woke individuals. Maybe she blesses them with nice dreams and inspirations, right? To uh, give them uh, ambitions beyond criminality. Like a little nice superhero. Of course, that does catch some attention from the uh, the rest of the royal family. 
Anastasia and Because if and she's Belle. causing these people to dream, wouldn't the royal family want that? Because then they could control them. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Sounds like you just got a dream. Well, yeah, I just fucking said it. She thinks she's saving these people and turning them back into good <gasps> people who behave, but the royal family just add them to, to the pile of sheeple. Oh, my God. And then she realizes that they're using her to keep people in line. Oh, my and God. She, I have another idea as well. Let me, let me finish. Go on, go on, go on. So, so she realizes, <laughs> I also think perhaps there could be some sort of prophecy, and I'm not sure when or how she would find out about it, but mm. I feel like her name is like perfect for a cryptic prophecy. Like could, could someone... she maybe, sorry, could she maybe um, step into the dreams of one of her, like her dad, and then finds that he's actually plagued by this prophecy? Yeah, okay, that's good. Maybe prophecy... A prophecy about the Windwalker. No, no, I was gonna say you you could keep it keep it um cryptic. Not not as obvious as that because when we come into the story, she's already got the name Windwalker, hasn't she? If we're starting with the aftermath, so I think the prophecy could be you know you know those really bollocks prophecies that you get in fantasy novels where they're so vague and they use words like for this it would be the Serene One. Who comes in yeah. on the wind, you know. Is, is it like, like serene Lord of the Rings what? where it's like, oh, I will be felled by no man. Yeah, exactly. I am no man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got God, me. One of the best fucking moments. Anyway, <laughs> so Serena Windwalker, they, they name her Serena, not realizing that the prophecy is talking about like the serene one, Serena, hmm. and wind because she'll take on that name later. Yeah, maybe like um, something really dumb and like almost cliche and vague like, Oh, the gusts that blow over the still waters. You know, like a serene lake in the wind. Some mm. shit like that. Mm. A, a cool breeze will knock down the uh, kingdom. You know, kind of Will something. awaken the kingdom. Yeah. Yes. Awa- awaken the... Because they'll be woke. <sighs> nice. This This is This is taking shape. This is... This is sounding good. So if we're coming in at the start of the aftermath, do you see the structure as being like... The main story is her journey to take her woke people to find a new life of prosperity, and then flashbacks tell the story of how she saved the kingdom. Or um, are you talking no, about like? Sorry, when I mean aftermath, I mean of like in most st- series, like it'll be the villain's aim to have everyone controlled. Yeah. So when I meant aftermath, I mean it's like what we've done is we've taken their plans already worked. Well, like it started working, but no one knows about it oh, yet. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. okay I so like at, the, at the start of the series, it is still quite a mystery. Everyone's just really happy. Everything starts off a bit like uh, Beauty and the Beast with Belle. And everyone's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Serena's just going around and everyone's like, oh, bonjour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just, fucking provincial. I'm just going to insult yeah. everyone's lives. But they, they don't care because they're sheeple at this point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care if, like, if Belle's like, taking the piss out of some dude's baguette. It's like the same old bread. Excuse me, Belle. <laughs> oh, that's fine, Belle. Have a slice. You. Is, is this how it starts? Like she keeps on walking through town. You know, everyone. Oh, everyone loves the princess, and then she gets like mugged. Hmm. Like, we, we don't know. We don't have to go she, down that route. But I want, she gets very abruptly for, for mugged. Purposes, could you imagine it? Yeah, I, 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 I can't imagine it. Maybe that's how she discovers her powers one day. Like one of these woke individuals is. Like isn't quite affected by the uh, the royal family's power yet, and so she's just walking along, bonjour, bonjour, and then she gets like maybe a brooch is stolen from her, her clothes or some 
some jewelry. And then it's like, wait a minute, you're not a, you're not singing along. What? What's wrong with your head? Oh and my god! Course, so they're literally singing in their sheeple state. Hey, why not? This is Disney. <laughs> oh, I thought you, I thought you were about to break into song then. Hey, why not? They're all singing, but that one guy's gonna steal your brooch if you surely, don't take surely it Surely, surely the song would be like. Princess Serena, save us from dreams. Well, actually, on that note, can we kind of clarify what her powers are and how does she? And how does she kind of, you know, save these people from their kind of sleepy state? Let's call it. All right, let's carve out this sculpture then. Because at one point, I was wondering maybe it's like she kind of jumps into dreams or at least their minds because I know you obviously we've mentioned that that people don't dream um mm. and there's some sort of like oh, I don't like the idea of like maybe like some sort of like spiritual force and like the villains that she has are kind of mind based mm. I think let's let's keep it in the royal family perhaps there's some sort of relic or tool you know like the royal scepter or that like the holy hand grenade thing maybe one of those is to do with it maybe the Ooh, maybe the scepter is like a rattle. Something very soothing. Sorry, mm. sorry. For, like a brief, a f- for, for a brief moment, I actually thought you were talking about a holy hand grenade, and then I realized, oh, wait, you mean that ball thing? With the, 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 the weird ball thing with the... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I thought you like actually the... meant, li- meant like a literal hand grenade. I was thinking, wait, just... what? Wait, what's this a reference to? Take that crime. Can I interject then? Go on. Uh, regarding her kind of presence in the dreams i would assume it's i was kind of visioning envisioning rather that she was like paprika diving in and that would be how she gets the nickname windwalker because she like floats in whereas when you're dreaming you can't really control how you move but she moves freely and so they're like she walks on the wind whoa she's actually managed to punch someone in their dream yeah (laughs) This 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 is uncharted territory you're you're running at a full sprint are you kidding me I like this. This is good. She has sort of lucidity in her dreams or in other people's dreams mm. with this like almost like a like a spiritual like um, cane, shall we say. She can push herself through the air with her cane, much maybe like a she, gondola. Maybe she throws a holy hand grenade and it opens <laughs> up a, a dreamscape. Maybe she can cram the grenade into the person's mouth and then <laughs> that forms a portal that they can hop into. What do you think about that, Jade? <laughs> violent <laughs> well actually do you know what speaking of violence i was starting to wonder maybe instead of her like battling things maybe she's more of like a mystery kind of thing when she gets into the dreamscape like she deals with people's maybe fears or ambitions mm. and then she kind of solves it yeah i yeah, was gonna say that yeah not just a simple mm. um punch and kick hero she's working through people's troubles mm. but maybe it can get to a point where She'll hop into one dream and there's kind of nothing there, but they're still like acting weirdly in society. And she's looking around and she's seeing nothing. It's like, oh, this, there's literally no mystery here. Why are they doing what they're doing? And then it's like, they're under the dream power. They're under the evil kingdom's dream power. And she's like, oh no. Oh, I have to go deeper than this. And that sort of drives her to upgrade her powers a little bit learn more about the prophecy and to unlock mm. the secrets within her, her own um, dream-hopping abilities. Mm. I can dig it. I got an idea, though, for a little bit later on in the comic. Let's say the, the battle between the Evil Kingdom and Serena is underway. 
and she's got a few white people and she's gaining some work allies. Maybe there's a certain point in the comic where they have to break away from the kingdom and sort of uh, leave, exile themselves because the oppression there is growing too much and they're in constant danger if they stay within within the walls of the city. And so they well, have what to sort danger of... are they in? That's the thing. Well, if they're freeing all these people and they realize what a bad dude the king is, shall we say the king's doing all the evil stuff? Well, I had a theory about who's the real architect of this. Is it the architect? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how good of an idea this is. And so this is probably the first time I'm going to talk out an idea and ask if it's a good one or not. Oh, damn, criticism. Well, usually I'm quite confident that everything I come out with is gold, but who knows. <laughs> this one time, though. This one time. Uh, hear me out. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the two sisters with the dream love powers, Anastasia and Belle, mm -hmm. they could maybe not really be princesses. And the reason they are keeping everyone under is in order to make them think that they're princesses. Because everyone, if everyone's dreaming all the time, like, Ooh. part of their awake state could also be controlled by the dreams, maybe? I like the idea of a twist within a twist. Mm -hmm. So, in the layout of this comic, you'll find out that there's people who are woke, and then, boom, twist one. It's the kingdom that's doing it. It's the king, it's the royal family. And you're like, yeah. oh, shit, what the fuck? Twist two, even later on, turns out it's these evil sisters who are almost like cuckoos, and they're coming in, they're laying their eggs themselves, I guess, just kind of invading this royal family, and they're trying oh, I didn't, to take over. I didn't over. think in that sense. Did you not? No. I was actually going to, because I now, I'm going to be in Jade's position, I think this could be a bad idea, but I'm going to say it anyway. Go on. Be daring. Basically, this stems from, Dean, you asking, what time period is this? Yeah. What happens if Belle and Anastasia, they're kind of have the whole power thing themselves and it's actually more of a modern day thing. And this is kind of like Ooh. a storybook kingdom kind of thing. This is way better than I, what I was thinking so go with that. <laughs> you, are we, are we going to go with this? Yes. Okay. Well like a modern day thing? Like Yeah so they're making everyone think that it's a fantasy land because they want to be princesses. And it turns out we're going to go for the most cliched twist in the world. <laughs> Dean <laughs> it was always a dream It was a dream within a dream! A dream. Oh, my, oh God, my God, I was wrong. It was a dream all along. Fuck, we did it. Do we have the balls for this, though? Like, the, the it was all a dream ending has been played out so hard. And it, in, the, in the eyes of some people, it is a bit of a cop-out. Mm. But I think depending on how we play it, because this is, this is going to be like the second twist. This is almost like the third or fourth twist now. This is a, a fucking, so this is like... I'm not sure if it's a good idea, because I think conceptually it could work. But I'm thinking, God, this is like... Day one, it was a dream. Maybe, maybe we can be a little bit more subtle about it. Imagine you're you're living your life in this kingdom, but you get brief glimpses of you dreaming in your bed, sleeping, almost That's like not subtle in... at all. No, no, no. Just, just shh, shh, shh. Okay, I'm not, sorry. I'm not finished yet. Right. Um. Imagine, like, oh, you're going through your storybook life. King's evil. Oh no. There's twins are evil. Oh no. But then maybe. Through learning the prophecy, she learns the truth that she she's just a modern woman sleeping in a bed. But that body of hers is almost like a prison. So she's not waking up per se. She's just seeing herself sleeping and realizing that 
what she's currently living in is all like like a, a mental dream cage. I just don't like that at all. Sorry. Sh- I am... Shall we just ignore this entirely? No, no, Maybe. no. I, I have a theory okay. for how it could be done. Well, we're we're going to play in this space. Okay. Would, would you it. like to hear my theory about how it could be done? Always. Go for it, because I'm, I'm firing blanks tonight. I'm firing blanks. No, you're blanks. not firing blanks. I just think if you're going to do a, seri- a series, um, well, yeah, I guess a series about a dream within a dream, then you can't be like, oh, I'm having an out-of-body experience. There I am, dreaming. Hey, everybody, look, I'm dreaming. If you didn't get it already, I am dreaming. Like, if you want to go subtle, you have to go subtle. So what if when Serena finally wakes everyone up, or so she thinks... She becomes the Wind Walker and helps everyone to escape the royal city. Hmm. But, you know, and she thinks, oh, well, you know, now they have no power over anyone here. But when they get out of the city and into, like, neighboring countries, they find that everything seems a bit simple and programmed. And no one's responding to their pleas of help and they feel rejected by neighboring countries. And that's when Serena decides to use her power again to see what the people of the neighboring countries are thinking. But she realizes none of them are dreaming. Hmm. None of none of them are dreaming because they are just fragments of the dream that the two princesses are having. And so this is when she realizes that there's something else going on. So they're sort of like outside the, the dream realm. They're like on the very fringes of their consciousness, quote unquote, these, these well, twins. Well, no, I'd say they're not real people. Okay. Like the the princesses have conjured like, them. Like um, you know, in Coraline, when they decide yeah. to try and yeah, leave when they the house, to... and everything kind of just strips away, and it's like when they're never yeah. really programmed this far. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Similar kind of concept to that, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So like, there there'd be cities and people, but it wouldn't like they wouldn't respond properly. They'd just be kind of really simple, and she'd be like, "This doesn't feel right." Yeah. They'd, and mm. the other people the, would be like, the "Yeah." The sisters never programmed Bill the butcher. They they just. <laughs> They, they programmed him, but never, like, what he actually thinks and stuff. He just says, yeah, my man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So... Like, does that see... I think that's a bit more subtle than just being like, whoa, I'm dreaming, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. But then, like, after that, there's going to be a lot of, like, sort of existentialism about, like, what? well, what actually is this place that mm. I'm standing in and whatnot? It could play quite nicely off the theme of, well, the entire point of this generator was around, like, Disney princesses and how they're kind of mm. storybook, kind of you know what you're doing with them. Yeah. So it could play off like, can be quite meta, I suppose, in places. I guess so. I mean, it'd have to be if we're talking about sort of dreams and sort of the limitations of dreams. Mm. I don't know how the confrontation at the end would come about, but yeah. I know how I'd want the conversation to go. How? Um, Punch it, go. If, if Serena's been going around saving townspeople or not not saving them but like awakening them to the possibilities of dreams in the sense of like goals rather than dreams in the actual yeah sense, yeah yeah you know achieving your dreams yeah achieving your dreams so like she breaks into their sleeping dreams we'll call them and helps them to like face their fears or realize that they can achieve their dreams without you know staying in this sheeple state yeah and like maybe maybe she helped like a little boy one day and he was like, I, I want to be just like you. Uh, that's, but my, my dad says I can't, you know. Um, yeah. And she's like, no, you, you could be a princess. Like, anyone could be a princess. And so, like, maybe this can, like, come back and 
the two princesses have, you know, after a big confrontation, one of you can come up with how, how that happens. All right. Let me let me try and lay down a final fight. And then I will finish it off. Okay. So it's all about dreams. And I guess at this point, it's always about like inspiration. I mean, that's the sign of a good queen, right? To inspire your people to do right and to sort of tough it out during the rough times and to fight when you need to fight so throughout sort of freeing these the sheeple into truly like individual individual folk you would sort of amass an army somewhat and un- unfortunately when you defend your kingdom there might be a little bit of a, a little bit of conflict a little bit of direct conflict but i am tapering off I am. Let me pick it up. Let me help you up. I've got. I've hooked my arm around your arm. God, I'm even doing the metaphors. What's happened? Have we switched bodies? <laughs> I'm, I'm right. coughing up blood. I heft you up. I sit you down, and okay. I tell you how this happens. Go on. So they go to war, and fighting starts happening between the the fictional beings within the Ooh. dream that the princesses Ooh. have forged. Right. Just to cut in a little bit, I think it okay. would be a difficult fight because the sheeple are going to be quite quite numb to mm. to the pain so they're yeah, gonna they be just quite, keep getting back up yeah they're gonna be quite a hard people to defeat and meanwhile the awoken folk they're gonna fight with all the the the, the piss and vinegar of someone who's fighting for what they believe in and so they're gonna, gonna hurt a lot and scream a lot when they get hurt but they're gonna fight ferociously but the more of them that get hurt because let's face it as hard as they'd fight they'd still slowly be chipped away by people who keep getting up. Hmm. So I think this would be a point where the two princesses would break, maybe. Like, they'd just kind of stop everything. Like, the the fight would freeze because they have some control over this this dream space, I guess. And hmm. they'd just shout, this isn't what we wanted. Oh, uh, okay. Right. So the whole point of them putting people into the sheeple state was to sort of prevent war and now yeah. war is broken out they're like oh no no this isn't what we wanted yeah they they were like we want to be worshipped as princesses because we've never had that in our lives but if we can be princesses we can what do princesses do we make everyone else's lives better we can make their lives perfect and no pain will ever happen and somewhere along the way they forgot that hmm okay that's better man man a princess's life is dang hard but you Especially... see, this is, this is where the, the boy would come in. Go on. This is where the little boy would come in because, you know, maybe he got hurt and he'd remind the two princesses that what princess does is gives people hope. And so he would be like, like in this silent moment where the princesses are like, this isn't what we wanted. And everyone's like, I guess frozen because they're yeah. like really exerting themselves. Like even Serena can't move. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've got the vivid picture in my head. And then like, the little boy moves because he's like, I'm a princess. Serena told me I can be a princess too. Oh. And like oh. he gives the people hope and they start breaking free of the frozen moment. But they don't fight. Like, how, how, how can we resolve this if they won't keep fighting because they know the two princesses are broken down? I think what would happen right at the end, the, the resolve of the two princesses is broken down. Serena is exhausted. She's on 0%. Sisters are on 0%. Hmm. And they both see how this has just come to a head. So they just cut out the dream. It was all a dream. It was all a dream. We're bullshitting our way out of this. There's not of an ending. Guess what, guys? You turn over the page. It's just 
two ladies waking up and going to work. The end. What? <laughs> I was weaving this spell of hope and you come in, bibbity bobbity fuck you, what? It was all a dream. Good night, everybody. That has been Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast. I can't believe this is our final episode. By the way, we were, this was all a dream as well. Yeah. We don't even care. Well, I, we care a little bit. Um, oh, okay, oh, wow. Do- that was a nice dream where you cancelled Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast, <laughs> that dream with a dream. Okay, do you want a proper ending? Yes, please. Yeah. Let's let's come up with a proper ending. I mean, we've got a few choices here. Let's, let's have a, a nice roundtable discussion. I think I'm going to immediately cut out the princesses waking up in modern times because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've soured on it immediately. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're banging that out. That was a funny joke that immediately made Jade angry, angrier than I've ever seen ever before. <laughs> but we got a few choices. There can either be peace. Oh, okay, okay, right. Finally, I got the it. Eleventh hour, and Dean's got it. Oh, <laughs> this might be my one good idea of the whole episode. Eleventh so, hour, Dean strikes again. Yeah. Um, during the fight, Serena is fighting to keep the dreams of those who are fighting alive. She's really exerting herself. But what if the dreams of those who she inspires feed back into her and she's feeding off their inspiration as well? You know, she gives 10% and they give 50% back, if you know what I'm saying. And throughout all of this, she can just about manage to match the sisters and maybe they reach a stalemate. Maybe it's one of those really cool situations where... It's just the two versus one situation in the middle of the whole battlefield. They're just, they're just fighting by themselves. But then they come to a head and they realize what they're doing, that this is all wrong. They can't do it anymore. So Serena, with her newfound powers that she's gained from the uh, her people, she just very serenely decides that this fight isn't worth it anymore. The kingdom, the kingdom isn't worth dying over. What is worth it, though, is making her own kingdom she takes her people she peacefully leaves and she creates a new a new dreamscape with her powers that her people can live in and they they can be free to feel what they want they can be free to think and do as they choose and of course that's going to result in a few bad apples you know you give people freedom of course there's going to be some some rapscallions amongst them but she's always there to protect them as Serena Windwalker, superhero. But then, one thing. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I like it, don't get me wrong, because this leaves the two princesses crying alone, disappointed in an empty kingdom. I like that. Maybe mm-hmm. the king was just fake all along as well, you know. Mm. Yeah. So they're truly left alone. A scapegoat kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you think it's the king. Actually, it turns out it was, it was just us. Yeah, so my question is, if... We're still going with the dream thing, which I believe we are, because you said she makes a new dreamscape where everyone can live freely. Yeah. Where are their real bodies? Who gives a shit? Like, I just asked. Their dream... Does it really matter that much? I mean, they're living in the world of dreams. If she... What does she... Yeah, I was going to say, like, she takes them... We're talking, like, some sort of multiverse thing. Hmm. So, like, she takes them onto a different astral plane. Okay, hmm. I can I can dig if that. If we kind of go for that, I guess. And it turns out that astral plane is modern day. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, essentially, with this ending, what you're saying is, if you're saying to the audience that they're dreaming, but it's okay, what your what message comes from that is, 
how can I put this? It doesn't matter if it's real or not, as long as the perception you have of life is one in which you're enjoying life. As long as you, you're doing what you want, it's cool. And not hurting anybody. Let's clarify that. <laughs> yeah, don't be a dick. So Serena saved everyone and took them to, as Josh put it, a new astral plane. Their bodies could be in the freaking Matrix, but it doesn't matter. What, <laughs> she what kind if, of saved them. What, 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 what if, instead of going to a new astral plane, she goes back to that place where they all the people weren't properly programmed and she re, rejuvenates that? It's still and fake. Hmm. Like, I thought the point of having a dream within a dream was that she, like, it was a twist. So she saves them all from the prin- the two, the twins' dream, and then mm. she has to save them from the dream that that's within. Man, I've heard the word dream so many times now. <laughs> yeah. Dream, dream science is crazy. <laughs> it let's, is. Let's simplify somehow. Let's let's keep it simple. I think, like, a new astral plane is getting to that crazy point where it's like, <laughs> we can just, like, say words. and. I got it. Okay, I've got it. Oh, go on. So they decide to abandon the two princesses and yeah. like their magical dresses turn gray and maybe turn to very tattered dresses. The whole kingdom starts to turn gray and decrepit and whatnot. Hmm. And they leave for this kind of really bright, vivid, colorful space, which yeah. kind of borders the other countries that are also colorful and fake, but everything's fake. And so Serena creates this extra astral plane where they can go and be happy. But the people are manure about it. And she's like, what's wrong? Like, she's holding her hand out. Imagine that, like, and there's yeah. a path to this new world that they've never been to. And she holds her hand out. She says, what's wrong? Why won't, why won't you come with me? This place, it will be perfect. And, you know, some of them are kind of, like, rubbing their arms a little and shrugging. Some are looking back towards the Grey Kingdom. And they're like, but, but isn't that just the same as what they were doing? And Ooh. yeah, and so they're I was like, say we should, we need some kind of thing like that. Yeah, mm. that works. And so they're like, what? Well, where are our real bodies? And this is where she'd. I, I can't imagine what kind of speech would would get them to come with her. Something along the lines of like, it doesn't matter. Like as long as like you're here with me, and I'll make sure you're okay and free. But then even I like the idea of them the people seeing that as a, just a, another cage yeah oh maybe that's the ending then yeah yeah i was like, gonna say they, like, they don't go with her or like you, you can just leave it like kind of vague no let's, i mean let's... like they go out into the world and they look for their own way home yeah like as individuals that is true for oh okay do whatever you want and she walks off into the astral plane never to be seen again but she'll be happy there she knows or or I was also okay, thinking like of that. some kind of bad end for the sisters where they realise they've lost, so they decided to put themselves, each other, into a dream state. And oh, that, oh, fuck. So they kind of go almost comatose, I guess. Yeah, that's really sad. That is kind of sad, but maybe they do that sort of... But they do it of their own, like, volition, you know? It's not like yeah. we're doing some kind of... It's not like an accident or anything like that. I mean, you, yeah. c- you could potentially play it as like a Disney death. You know, like how well, they, um, they fall off a cliff, and that's the last we see of them. No. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like how um, Tarzan villain Clayton, Clayton, Clayton. You know, like how Clayton <laughs> um, accidentally hangs himself. It could yeah. be and, get, and gets killed by a chameleon heartless. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> that's not canon. That's definitely not canon. It's but it could canon. it could be a situation like that where they're so frantically fighting that they accidentally like kaput themselves. Oh, I mean, so like they're, they're, like they're trying to obviously put all these people back to sleep. 
or like some sort of bizarre ricochet or like they're trying to fight against for some reason i'm imagining them fighting with like magic wands but imagine if they're trying to get um they're trying to get serena but she's like no stop you gotta stop before something bad happens but they're like buzzing her and then she sort of sidesteps between them and they accidentally like pop both of themselves oh i like that and they fall backwards in slow motion into you don't cross the streams they fall and backwards that's the into moment. Like, the coffin pose, but sleeping. Yes, and that's the moment where Serena is like, "No, stop! We gotta stop!" And then the ending happens. Mm. Also, yeah. can I add one more thing? Because I had a great idea just now. One, I think we got time for one more thing. Based on what you said about the astral plane, yeah, and the dream space possibly being an actual plane connected to other planes, yeah. When Serena asks the people to go with her to the new perfect world that she's created Hmm. and they say no we we're going to find our own ways our own way home or new homes or whatever they look into the distance and they see they see a variety of things they don't don't see what you think they're gonna see in one direction there's like (laughs) quite quite a lot of sand and it's quite foreign looking but there's tracks leading there. No. So, Jade, let's and let's on sum one up. Dream plane. They just hear this barking. Yeah. <laughs> let's, and it seems let's... it seems really welcoming. Guys, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, and we gotta really we gotta tie a bow on this. Uh, good, so good luck is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm gonna try and give a sentence about Serena Windwalker because I've I've been sort of clinging on to the side of this moving train. <laughs> so I'm going to see this moving what... dog along this track. No, yeah. I've, been, I've been clinging on to this Great Dane for dear life. Actually, I, do you think some of our fans yes. have dreamt about sidetrack in their dream? I hope so. Yeah, it'll be the best dream. If you've dreamt about sidetrack, tweet us at bbr underscore podcast. I thought you were going to say if you've dreamt about sidetrack, please see your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dream about dogs is sweet, sweet as hell. Um. Mm. Serena Windwalker, though, she is a princess, of course, living in a perfect kingdom. And she, um, as part of her lineage, has dreamwalking powers, also known known as windwalking, because she sort of tiptoes in the air as she does it, which she uh, accomplishes using hand-me-down tools. I kind of like the idea of like a nice, a nice big old cane. Maybe she taps it on people's heads and that allows it to sort of like sort of swirl in, you know? Or generally, mm. like, fall in. She discovers her powers, and then she starts sort of helping people out with their fears. And sometimes this results in turning people's criminal behavior, turning people onto the right path. Sometimes it's conquering people's fears. But eventually, she learns of a sinister conspiracy. Josh, conspiracy me. Um, but it turns out that it's the royal family... Well, at this point in the story, she thinks it's the entire royal family, particularly the king and queen, who have been um, putting their people into a slumber kind of state, where they mm. seem quite um, picture-perfect, almost like some sort of Disney princess kind of uh, vibe. Um, everyone's subservient, everyone's really happy, everyone does the exact same thing every single morning. They'll break into song at intermitt- intermittent bits. Yes. Intermittently. Intermittently, yes. <laughs> um so she decides to act upon that and try and free her people. Jade, how does she free her people? Well, she decides to 
wind walk or dream walk into the king's mind one day and she sees the prophecy about the wind walker saving ooh, the people. Prophecy. Yeah, ooh, prophecy. The future. So, <laughs> the future. She's going to save everyone. So she leaves the king, who is oddly not putting up a struggle. Mm-hmm. And she's being aware of those powers. Exactly. And she frees the people using her Windwalker powers, Dreamwalker, whatever we're calling them. Um, I thought it was Dream Love, the, the dream power, but we're combining them, I guess. Well, um, Dream Love, Windwalker. Yeah. So she's Dreamwalking and she uses her powers on the whole city in a big flashy move to awaken them. Hmm. And so they leave and they try to find other places to settle down. To wait, 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 wait. It's, it's not the whole city. It's like a lot of the people, but not all of them. Not all of them? But no, then... no, no, no. Well, if, there's, if it's all of them, there's no one to fight. There's oh. no two sides on the wall. Oh, I guess the people she doesn't manage to wake up, she's like, I'll have to leave them. But she realizes later on that they're fake people anyway, because they couldn't be manipulated. Hey, yeah, that works. Okay. I was going to say, no casualties, please, in a Disney princess story. <laughs> no, 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 of course not. No casualties. Except um, for... Except for the two princesses. So the resultant war between the, the awoken people and the leftovers of the kingdom uh, results in not only carnage in the war between emotionless and dreamers, but the sisters who are the masterminds behind this whole plot all along accidentally dream each other and they just fall backwards into eternal slumber. It's a very, very fairy tale. Mm. Um, during the war, though, Serena gains even more power through the uh, inspiration of her people and she cracks open a new astral plane to create an even better kingdom. But, but her people do not want to walk with her and they desire their own freedom, no matter the cost. Not even the new little princess that has been created <laughs> through this whole story. Not, not even our little princess. And so What's they his wonder- name? We never came up with a name for him. Julienne. Jul- Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. First try. Nice. Boom. Boom. So Julienne walks with the others to seek their own freedom in this new frontier, this dream mm-hmm. frontier, while Serena just peacefully makes her own way into the new astral plane. The end. Oh my. I've got a sweat on. I've got a sweat on. My brain hurts. Yeah. I mean, we, we try to come up with a, a Disney princess style story, but we kind of ended up being a little bit more interdimensional existentialism than just a little bit of pink frilly dresses. It's like right? a Gynax version of a princess story. <laughs> yeah, we kind of we kind of went off that, the yeah rails. We went off. Are you gonna say no? I was just gonna say <laughs> went off on one. Ah, on what? No, no rails here. Thank you all so much for listening. Guess what? <sighs> it's time for a few favors. We have an extra favor this week, actually. Uh, Jade, Josh, and myself will all be attending Thought Bubble. Uh, it's a cool comics festival happening in Leeds on the 23rd and 24th of September. Not only will you find Jade hanging out, selling her comics, but all kinds of uh, indie creators, big names, big name guests, people signing, people drawing. Cool panels. Yes. Yeah, lots pa- of cool panels. The panels are the best. So you should definitely attend if you're in the Leeds area. So Thought Bubble, 23rd, 24th of September, Leeds. You can find us probably hanging out at my table, uh, number 160, in the Millennium Square marquee. Yes. Look out for all the very nice tea-stained comics, and that'll be us. 
I will have some cool flies because yeah, just just come and talk to us about the show because we we haven't heard from anyone aside from the reviews yet, and it would it would just be cool to I guess get some feedback or just hear what hero was your favorite so far. Yeah, or if you know of any random generators, because fuck, that was a hard one to find. <laughs> <laughs> it worked well though, I think. Yeah, it was a hard one to yeah. find, and like it produced a story. It produced a story. Hmm. Yeah, thought bubble, come check us out. Um, of course. You probably know the rest by now. Uh, iTunes, if you can leave us a review on there, it will help us so much with the uh, inner workings. Of course, if you if you leave us a review, we will use your name as the basis for one of our heroes. Just like uh, this episode's winner, uh, Fuzzy Pink Bumblebee. Thank you so much, Bumblebee. Uh, you can just give us a star rating on there as well. Uh, you can also follow us in SoundCloud as well. We throw all of our stuff on there. Or just very base, word of mouth. If you uh, know anyone into comics, into creativity, into character creation, role-playing, send them our way. Maybe they'll be uh, inspired by us. And if you're inspired, let us know. At BBR underscore podcast on Twitter. Throw us a line. If you want to talk about comics, you got, you got some fan art or something, let us know. We, we like talking about this kind of stuff. Right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Excellent. And all that is left to say is that you have been bitten by a radioactive podcast. I am D. McKnight. I am your highness, Jade Sarson. <laughs> and I am Anastasia Dreamlove. <laughs> <laughs> ah, a good day to you all. I'm bowing. I'm, I'm, I'm royal waving, but no one can obviously see that. I mean, I was doing like a really flouncy curtsy. It was great. <laughs> Toodle-oo, people. You have been listening to Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast, hosted by Dean McKnight, Jade Sarson, and me, Josh Randall. Edited by Dean McKnight and me, Josh. And I know we probably say it about ten times per episode, but do not forget that you can become a hero if you just leave us a iTunes review. And also, uh, you can get in contact with us on BBR underscore podcast on Twitter. <laughs>